helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Caveat emptor, or buyer beware. These words are just as true for the news and media we consume as any product you may buy. Which makes you wonder why so many Americans seem willing to listen to just about anyone who calls themselves an expert without ever checking their facts. Now, I may be dating myself, but I remember family members reading through Consumer Report to find the best washing machine or new vehicle to purchase. My wife always checks the ratings and reviews before purchasing something on Amazon. Yet more and more people seem to be making life-impacting decisions based primarily, if not solely, on the letters after a person's name. Have an MD, a PhD, or, or an Esquire in your suffix, and well, people will follow you anywhere. Have a program on a quote-unquote news channel, and some people will believe anything you say. Worst of all, those who believe anything said by someone with a D or an R after their name. Today, I want to point out the stupid and some of those, quote, experts, well, the people are following. And before you tell me to look at my own house, yes, I will be providing evidence that what I'm saying is true. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I am so glad you could join me. You know, I'm getting close to the, the boot camp. It's going to be coming up very shortly, and I'm very excited not only because I'm looking forward to the boot camp, but I'm also looking forward to the uh, the opening of the, the Constitution Patriots program and seeing uh, all the people that are going to come in and really start engaging, really start taking uh, what they're doing and maybe giving them some tools so that they can, well, we can do it better. And again, we're going to start by looking at, at facts and data, not simply, well, someone said so. For example, once again, our, our National Constitution Scholar-in-Chief, Mr. Biden, well, he tried to explain the Second Amendment, and as usual, in this case, he didn't do a very good job of it. He said, and so we have to change. There's a lot of things we can change, because the American people, by and large, agree you don't need a weapon of war. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I taught it for four years, six years in law school, and guess what? It doesn't say that you can own any weapon you want. It says there are certain weapons that you just can't own. Even during when it was passed, uh, you couldn't own a cannon. You can't own a machine gun. No, I'm serious. Now, let's stop and break this down a little bit, because, again, we want to look at facts and data and details, not simply, well, what someone says because they think they're an expert. So let's take a look. Let's go to the Second Amendment. And see what it does say. All right. Amendment 2. Again, I'm reading from the National Archives. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, let's compare that to what Senor Biden said. Uh, he says, uh, American people believe that, by and large, you don't need a weapon of war. Well, an AR-15 is not a weapon of war, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, when Armalite started selling the AR, which by what the AR stands for, it's Armalite Rifle Number 15. When they started selling that rifle, the military looked at it and said, you know, that's not a half bad idea, but it won't work for what we want. We need you to create another variation of that, which is what's used by the military. But that's, you know, details, details. So he says he's a Second Amendment guy. 
He said he taught the Second Amendment for four years and that he spent six years in law school. So guess what? He says, um, the Second Amendment doesn't say you can own any weapon you want. Except that's exactly what it says. He says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless it's a weapon of war or shall not be infringed unless somebody says I don't like it or shall not be infringed because it's a scary black rifle. It says the right of the people, meaning individual citizens, to keep and bear arms, which means weapons of offense and armor for defense. That's what Noah Webster said. So I, he may have taught it for four years. He may have studied for, in law school for six years, but he obviously doesn't know what the Constitution actually says. He went on to say that even during when the Bill of Rights was passed, you couldn't own a cannon. Well, that's another flat-out lie. Yes, individuals owned cannons because they were weapons. They were, they were arms, and they were allowed to keep them, and they were allowed to bear them. So when he says you can't own a machine gun, first of all, a machine gun is a, is a colloquial term. It, it, the, the definition is generally a, a fully automatic weapon. In fact, let's look at the Free Legal Dictionary. Go to freelegaldictionary.com, put in machine gun, and it says uh, a, a machine gun is a gun that fires rapidly and continuously as long as the trigger is held back. That is a machine gun. An AR-15 is not a machine gun. The, the AK-47s that are sold in the United States almost exclusively are not machine guns. So, once again, he's wrong. And, of course, I love he says, I'm serious. Yeah, well, you may be serious, but you're also dead wrong. And hopefully I just proved it. And what he went on to say, uh, so what's the deal with the idea that it's an absolute, you know, I love these guys who say the Second Amendment is, you know, the tree of liberty is water with, watered with the blood of patriots. Well, if you want to do that, you want to work against the government, you need an F-16, you need something else than an AR-15 anyway. Uh, again, this kind of rambling, blathering nonsense. Um, yes, the Second Amendment is absolute in its language. It says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's the English language. It will not. It shall not. You cannot find a justification to infringe on it. There is, though, a kernel of truth. If you go to the Fifth Amendment, it says you cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And that's important. So when you're talking about infringing on any right, Second Amendment, First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Eighth Amendment, it has to be via due process of law. Go to the Free Legal Dictionary. Due process is defined as a governmental or judicial process designed to protect the rights of the individual. So there's a kernel of truth. Is, is, um, the, it is absolute language, but like any other right, as a punishment under due process where your rights have been protected, you can be punished by losing some of your rights. It's why it is legitimate for the punishment of certain crimes to include the loss of the ability to legally own a firearm. But I love when he says, uh, you know, if you want to, when he quotes Jefferson with the, the tree of liberty needs to be watered with the blood of patriots, again, taken a bit out of context. But the idea is that it means the people need to defend their rights. They lose that context. But I love when he says, you need an F-16 
to fight to defend your liberty. I would like to remind him of, oh, let's see, Iraq, Afghanistan. Hey, you can even look at Ukraine, where Ukraine a little less, because Ukraine has gotten modern weaponry. But go back to Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, they have stopped, they've kicked out both the Soviet Union and the Americans using primarily hand weapons. The uh, AK-47s, basically the, the Soviet version of an automatic, of an M-16, an automatic rifle. These rifles, these handguns, they did have some shoulder-fired rockets that they purchased from others. So, again, he makes the statement, it isn't based on any facts or any reality. It's simply his, his way of making a statement devoid of logic, reason, and facts. Now, this condition is not limited to one political party or another. Listen to Senator Kennedy speaking on the floor of the U.S. Senate. The second amendment to the United States Constitution, Mr. President, as you well know, gives private citizens the right to possess a firearm, including a pistol, and to use it lawfully. Now, that is another untruth. The Constitution does not, the Second Amendment or anyway, does not give you the right to own a pistol. It protects your right to use weapons to defend yourself. You have a natural right of self-defense, including the ability to use the tools best meant for that. That's why it set the, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. It shall not be infringed. It doesn't say that the, the people are given the right to keep and bear arms. It says the existing right, their right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. We're not, it's not giving it. The Second Amendment tells government you cannot infringe on that right. But uh, Senator Kennedy went on. Now, our Second Amendment right is not unlimited. We know that. It's subject to reasonable, reasonable restriction by government consistent with the Constitution and the country's, quote, historical tradition of firearm regulation. Those aren't my words. Those are the Supreme Court's words. I'm quoting New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Brewing by the United States Supreme Court. Again, Mr. Kennedy is wrong. But Paul, he's quoting Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is wrong. The Supreme Court is not the supreme law of the land. And while the Bruin decision was generally good, the idea that the court put forth that the, the, your second, your, the rights protected by the Second Amendment can be regulated by whatever the government finds reasonable is a direct violation of the Second Amendment, which says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And for everyone saying, but the court said, guess what? Take a look at the Supremacy Clause, Article 6, Clause 2. Do you know what you will not find in the list of supreme law of the land? Any opinion from any court. The courts don't make law. One more clip from Mr. Kennedy. For example, in many states, you can't own a bazooka. That's a reasonable restriction. But it's not a constitutional restriction. Because a bazooka is an arm. It is a weapon of offense. 
Therefore, it is an arm, and that right to keep that arm and to bear that arm shall not be infringed. You see how decades and decades of lies about what the Constitution, what the Second Amendment actually says, has led us to this point where people believe these falsehoods. Because they're listening to people who have, I'm a judge, I know. Yeah, well, apparently you don't know how to read the Constitution. Or you just have a reading comprehension issue. Trust me, I say the nine people that most need a reading comprehension uh, plan is the justices of the Supreme Court. Because they cannot read the plain, simple language of the Constitution. They need to read in their opinions and what they want. And they need to hang it often in nothing but free air. There is nothing in the Constitution that says, well, you can have reasonable regulations. There's nothing in the Constitution that says, well, as long as you have a tradition. The only way to, to properly infringe on a person's right to keep and bear arms is via due process. A process that guarantees the right, that protects the right of the individual. And that's what the Fourth through Eighth Amendments is all about. Protecting your right to due process. If you're found, and, and Mr. Kenny went on and gave examples, right? If, you, if you've committed a felony and been found guilty, your rights can be infringed. If you're found by a court to be mentally unable to, your right can be infringed. But there's been a process. It is not a blanket statement. It is an individual statement. This individual has, has, does not have the right or has their right taken away because of some provable fact. And the repeated misuse of this by people that really should know better. I mean, let's face it. Not just President Biden, but Senator Kennedy both took an oath to, to support the Constitution of the United States. You'd think they'd not only read it, but they'd bother to take the time to read what it actually says, rather than simply quoting what the, the opinion of a bunch of high priests in black robes wanted to say. It's one of the reasons why I keep going back to original documents. It's why when people make arguments to me, I want to know the why. What is it, show me the document, that, that the, the logical reason to get you to that point. Because the only thing Mr. Kennedy has to prove his point is the opinion of a bunch of justices. But you see, I have the cold, hard, black-letter law of the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, saying something completely different, and I can prove it. Now, when it comes to Joe Biden, that's just what's coming out of what's left of his muddled sensibilities. It's not based on anything. There's nothing in what he said that he actually based it any fact, any evidence. So on the one hand, we have an argument with zero evidence. On one, we have an argument based on evidence that is not proof. And that's an important point. While all proof is evidence, not all evidence is proof. It's one of the reasons why we have an adversarial justice system, so that you can see, so that, so that evidence that is provided can be rebutted. By the way, this is one of the things I'm going to be teaching in my boot camp. Now, the good news is, well, hopefully if you're in Middle Tennessee, you still have time to get tickets for the boot camp in Shelbyville, Tennessee on July 1st. Doors open at 1030. We're going to start at 11, and I'm even bringing in pizza. But if you can't make it, that's Okay. I'm recording that event, and I'm going to use that video to put a video together that you'll be able to take regardless of where you are. And that's going to be important because the first step in becoming a Constitution Study Patriot is going through a boot camp, giving you the, the basic understandings of things like how do you tell proof 
from evidence. How do you deal with expert opinions versus versus evidence? That's what we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to give you some tools to help you defend your rights starting right then. So if you can be there in person, I would love to meet you, shake your hand, have a chance to talk to you a bit. If not, I hope you'll keep up to date. Head to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. Sign up for the Patriots update. That's where I will announce when the class comes online so that you can go in, sign up for the class, take the class, and hopefully pass it and become a Constitution Study Patriot. Now, I have to take a break. Before I do, though, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get to the end of the day and I, I couldn't focus my life dependent on it. There's just The brain just gets fuzzy. I used to try coffee and energy drinks and all that, but they always left me with a lot of sugar and caffeine. I'd end up with a buzz and then a crash. Well, I found something much better. I found how I can boost my short-term memory and my long-term focus using healthy cells, focus, and recall vitamins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, just vitamins. And it works great. It takes about 15 minutes to kick in for me, and I'm laser-focused, and I can get the job done. Now, because you listen to America Out Loud... You can get 25% off your first order by using the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, look at the Focus Recall and all of their great supplements. they got several of those that I use regularly. Put your cart together, use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, well, they'll give you 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study, and today we're talking about the experts that we listen to. 
and you know it's funny when you listen to people and they may have the best of intentions they, they may even have you know the, the best of, of what they think is the best of ideas but how often do we make these decisions not think of the the logical reasonable consequences of those decisions take for example uh, the Biden administration's recent attempt to redefine what a woman is there have been a lot of, of, of issues, pushback that, that have happened, especially in women's sports. But there's an area in women's sports, it, um, locker rooms and bathrooms and schools, uh, even changing rooms in certain department stores. But have you thought about this? See, since the, the Biden administration made you know this, this logical change, this attempt to implement the, a redefinition of women, um, men have been transferring into women's prisons. Now I'm reading uh, an article on the the Epoch Times, and they they're doing this interview, and what they find out is that it, the quote unquote it ha- this happens quite a lot as it turns out. I don't think those in men those men are doing anything other than trying to get a better housing situation for their time in lockup. Since many of the men who are put in female prisons are violent, and many of these men have committed crimes against women. Now why? Would a red-blooded American man want to be put into a woman's prison? Well, there's actually several reasons from what I understand. Um, first of all, they find themselves surrounded by women. Basically, uh, a, a, we'll call them a, a, a confined audience. But there's more. You see, apparently, women's prisons, well, they're not as locked down as male prisons. Uh, according to the uh, interview with, again, it's Jen, I think it's Jekelek from American Thought Leader. Um, uh, women's, the, a maximum security woman's prison, well, it, it's really different from a men's prison. So according to Libby Emmons, Libby Emmons, she's the editor-in-chief of the Post-Millennial, um, a woman's maximum security prison is more like a men's medium security prison. You get a lot more benefits and freedoms, such as they are, than you would in a male prison. She went on to say, changes in law and in the definition of words for these situations have had led us this way. She said, by, by President Biden has been working really hard with this team to change the definition of woman to be anyone who identifies as a woman. Then he's using the definition and taking, you know, tasking every single federal agency to use this new definition of woman as they introduce and implement policy. Uh, she even pointed out that federal prisons have been tasked with making sure they are not transphobic by allowing men who identify as women into women's federal prison. It's not just the Fed. In New Jersey, men are given access to women's prisons simply by saying they are female. Uh, a man whose trans name was a Demi Minor actually impregnated two women while in a female prison. Now, he was removed, but he's trying to get back. Now, why is this important? What does this have to do with, with our experts? Well, we have people claiming to be experts that say the difference between men and women is what they say. what they Not even necessarily what they think, what they articulate. That irrationality is leading to consequences, some minor, some quite major. And again, I'm not simply talking about Bud Light and Target. I'm talking about allowing men, sometimes violent men, 
into female prison, putting those women at risk simply to uh, promote what's basically a political agenda. Now, let's look at a couple of other examples. In fact, let's look at a couple of Supreme Court cases. The, the court has recently agreed to hear, uh, to review a case called uh, Kurtz v. USDA. And the basis of the case is uh, Reginald Kurtz wants to sue the U.S. Department of Agriculture, claiming that they wrongly stated on his credit report that some of his loans were overdue, which damaged his credit score. So you may be saying, Paul, what's, what, what's the big deal? Why is this, why are you bringing this up? Well, because the core question is that as, as represented by the court, is whether Congress waived the United States sovereign immunity from lawsuit when it modified the consumer protection laws 30 years ago. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because the idea of sovereign immunity is a violation of the Constitution. Now, the, the, the idea of a sovereign immunity is the idea that the king, the monarch, cannot be wrong, therefore cannot be sued in their own court. And it, there's, there's a little bit of history. So let me back up just a little bit and explain to you the 11th Amendment. You see, in Article 3, Section 2, we are given the, the breadth of the powers, the, the jurisdiction of federal courts. Uh, section 2 reads, The judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under this Constitution, the laws of the United States, and treaties made or which shall be made under the authority, under their authority to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers, and councils, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies to, uh, to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states, between a state and a citizen of another state, and between citizens of different states, and it goes on and on and on. It was that la the next last one, the between a state and citizens of another state. So the idea is, uh, let's say you live in Maryland, and you want to sue somebody, uh, say you want to sue the state of Virginia. You live in Maryland, but the state of Virginia uh, did something, caused you a, a grievance, and therefore you want to take them to court. Where would that, court, that case actually be? Originally, it would be in federal court. Well, guess what? In that situation, the state of Virginia wasn't really happy. This didn't actually happen. This is hypothetical. But the idea is the states didn't like that. So in, in 1795, the states ratified uh, the 11th Amendment, which reads, the judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any suit in law or equity commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. In other words, it used to be, when they first passed the Constitution, a, a citizen of Maryland could sue a citizen of Virginia. But they didn't like that because that violated the sovereign immunity of the state of Virginia. The idea that Virginia, as a sovereign state, has certain rights. And if you wanted to sue the state of Virginia, you had to do it in the state of Virginia, not the federal courts. Right? I want to make that, that plain. The idea wasn't that you couldn't sue, but you had to sue within the state of Virginia, not the federal courts. Now, gets back to what the, we're talking about here. The idea of a sovereign immunity, meaning you cannot sue the federal government. Well, again, we run into a rather serious problem, that problem being the First Amendment. 
The First Amendment to the Constitution reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievance. Congress cannot pass a law that prevents you from seeking a redress for a grievance from a government. The very idea that the United States, a part of the United States, could never be sued unless they said it was okay is a violation of the First Amendment. Because now we're, this person is asking, wait a second, um, you're telling me that there's a law passed or there actually wasn't even a law. It was this literally was just the idea of the court saying, well, you know, we can't just let you sue us. We're going to deprive you of your right to pe- to uh, petition the government if it's us. It's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, don't be surprised. This type of stuff happens all the time in the courts. It's why I went back and read you the First Amendment to explain to you that nothing, no law could be passed that deprives you of a right to petition government for a redress of grievance, even if the grievance is against, the grievance you have is against the federal government. This was the court making up their own stuff, and now you have another court saying, well, let's see, when Congress wrote this law, did they give up the right that we gave them? That right was never legally given to them. It's why, it's why sometimes, you know, I keep saying the devil's in the details. Yeah, the, the, the details are there. And it doesn't really take a lot to find them, but you do have to give it just a little bit of a look. Now, I said there were two court cases, and this one may come back at us. And it has to deal with the idea of a, a wealth tax. Uh, there's a couple in Wash in the state of Washington, uh, Kathleen and Charles Moore. And they sued the government back in 2019 for a refund of a little under $15,000 tax bill that was imposed on their investments in an overseas company. Right? So um, they, you know, they invested a little less than $15,000. Um, sorry, sorry, the tax bill was $15,000. It was based on an investment they made in an overseas company, but they never received a profit for that. Right? So they weren't taxed on their profits they were taxed under a 2017 law that uh, included a one-time tax on um, any shareholder with a 10% stake on foreign companies that earn profits, even when those profits had not been received. Again, why is this important? Remember all the times you have all, there was it Elizabeth Warren and others talking about a, a wealth tax, taxing or, or taxing the value of your stock before you sell it. All right, not the capital gains tax. And it's a common way for greedy little politicians to try and get into your pocket. There's a serious, serious problem. Uh, and that is a wealth tax must be apportioned to the states. Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 reads, Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union. That means in order for Congress to tax you directly, there must be, it must be done through the state. In other words, we're going to collect a tax on wealth. Well, what we actually have to do is we have to say, okay, each state, you're going to collect a tax on wealth, 
you figure out how to do it and then pass that up to the United States. This is a very important point of, of constitutional understanding because it it's one of the things that prevents the federal government from simply reaching into your pocket, reaching into your bank account, and taking out money. Now, there was an exception made with the 16th Amendment, but that exception was only on income. The 16th Amendment says that Congress can lay and collect, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on income from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. So in the 2017 law, when they said that um, we're going to collect taxes on these foreign investments without, uh, um, you know, whether or not you made a profit, so they could tax the profits, but they can't tax the value. And that's what this Washington couple claim. Now, this is important because if the court does not recognize that as a direct tax, it violates the apportionment clause, then Congress will believe they have the legal authority to simply well, tax whatever they want. They could tax your cars. They could tax your, your gas stoves. They could tax your, your anything as a direct tax without apportionment. And you say, Paul, if they're collecting the money, why is apportionment so important? You have to remember that the federal government is a creation of the states. The states, part of their job is to be a buffer between us and their creation. You see, if the federal government can simply reach into your bank account, seize funds, say $15,000, for, paying, for, for uh, uh, not paying a tax that was you know, a direct tax, or should say for paying a direct tax, well then, what's to stop them from collecting any money for anything? On the other hand, if they have to go to the states, the states could say, wait, 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 wait. We don't think this is a just tax. We didn't authorize you to do this. We are not going to collect those taxes for you. Yes, people will be apoplectic, but that actually is the role of the state to say, we did not, we did not give you this, we did not delegate to you this power. This is not something you can do. Therefore, we cannot be compelled to participate in it. The court has already recognized that. So this is an interesting case. This is a case I want to follow because while it seems rather esoteric in this, this foreign tax issue, uh, situation, what we're really talking about is does Congress have the ability to collect taxes um, uh, uh, directly from the American people without apportionment? Will the court uh, find the correct way? Now, again, the court's not the supreme law of the land. It is illegal for Congress to do this. The question is, will the judicial branch of government hold the legislative branch of government accountable by finding in this case that what they did was wrong and sending a signal to others that this would not be, um, this would not be found the way you want in future cases. That's the proper purpose of precedent as a signal that says the court is not going to um, approve of this. And any cases that come up under this matter kind of have uh, at least one strike, if not two strikes against them before they even get started. Now, I have to head off for another break. Before I do, though, please head over to the website, constitutionstudy.com. I am looking for questions for a Q&A segment. So just click the Ask a Question button, fill out that form, hit the checkbox that says, I want you to answer this on the radio. 
and I will do my best to both email you an answer and bring talk about that answer right here on the radio program. But I need your questions to have some good fodder to do that with. So again, constitutionstudy.com slash ask a question, or constitutionstudy.com, click ask a question. While you're there, maybe sign up for one of the mailing lists. Get my, my newsletter or my insider updates or just have my content emailed to you directly um, one, as soon as it's published. You can find it all there on the website, constitutionstudy.com. Another website I want you to check out is americaoutloud.com. Every night, I go through a list of news feeds, and one of them is americaoutloud.com. I make sure to check it every day to get the latest news and happenings because I get it from different points of view. But I want you to do something like I do. See, when I go through it and I find those interesting articles, those podcasts or videos that pique my curiosity, I go into them and then I share them. I share them on on uh, uh, social media. I share them with friends and family. So do me a favor. Do the same thing. Take the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, and share them as far as you can. That is one of the ways you can help secure the blessings of liberty. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, we're talking about the experts, the people we listen to. And listen, I pick on courts a lot. It's kind of a, it's kind of the, the genre I'm in, right? If I'm looking at the Constitution and we're looking at judges and lawyers and attorneys and and how they are handling this sacred document this this most important document i'm going to pick on them a lot and i got another example for you 
I talked before about a Middleborough, um, Middleborough, Massachusetts uh, teenager. Well, actually, not quite. He was 12 years old, young man. Uh, he was forced to take off a T-shirt in school because the teacher said, "T-shirt said there are only two genders." Now, what was the reasoning behind this? Well, the school said it, it, that the T-shirt made other students feel unsafe. Now, it didn't say uh, beat up trainees. It didn't say anything violent. It simply made it a factual statement. There are only two genders. Even if you wanted to put it down as this young man's opinion, um, that was expressed. Now, uh, through the man, the boy's father, they sued. And uh, they say, listen, this is viewpoint discrimination. Now, what's interesting here, and, and I mentioned this before, was the uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, which is representing the seventh grader, claims this is a violation of both the First and Fourteenth Amendments. Well, again, it can't be the First Amendment. Why? I go back to the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. Congress didn't make a law. They didn't make a rule. They didn't make anything. This has nothing to do with Congress. Therefore, it cannot be a First Amendment issue. However, it is a 14th Amendment issue since this young man was deprived of the liberty and the property he has in his rights without due process of law. So it is a 14th Amendment issue. But as usual, it went to a court. And, you know, remember, judges, attorneys, almost every attorney or judge I have talked to, I have asked this question. Did they, you know, I meet them, when you were in law school, did you study the Constitution or constitutional law? So far, one man, out of the dozens I've asked, one man said he studied the Constitution. See, what they do is they study constitutional law, which is the opinion of judges. It's not law. Only Congress can make law. It's the opinion of, in fact, even read a Supreme Court document. A Supreme Court decision starts out with the words, in the opinion of the court. Now, why is this important? Well, because we come down to the the case, uh, or the the judge that heard this case, uh, a judge, Indira Talwani, said that the town of Middleborough um, was within its rights for doing, for requiring the student to remove the shirt because it would infringe upon other students' rights to be secure and to be let alone during the school day. Okay, let's stop and think about that for just a second. Do you have a right to be left alone? How about this young man? Doesn't he have a right to be left alone? Does he have a right to be do you have a right to be secure? I would say generally, yeah, but where was the threat? Where was the attempt to intimidate, silence, or otherwise infringe on someone else? There wasn't. The young man was expressing his opinion. I believe it's an opinion based on fact, but that's not the point here. So what we have here is a judge taking their own personal opinion that you can't say anything bad, anything you cannot say anything that, contra that contradicts the transgender agenda, and using that to come to a decision in a legal case. See what I mean about simply listening to experts because they have a title? This person obviously cannot read the Constitution of the United States because it is not the other students whose rights were being infringed upon. It is this student's rights that were being infringed upon. By the way, I believe this is not only a violation of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution, 
but of the Constitution of Massachusetts as well. But you see, this is where we're stuck. It's one of the reasons why it's important you understand that all this judge did was offer an opinion. They made a decision, I should say. They made a decision. That decision was wrong. That decision is not law. It's simply wrong. And it's not just judges. It's not just attorneys. Well, we've seen it in the medical industry. This Take, for example, this is a supercut of, uh, well, let's say Peter Hotez contradicting himself. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. If you wait, uh, it's going to be really too late to protect your child. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. This is going to be a long lasting vaccine, a long lasting vaccine. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits is not holding up well for hospitalizations. So I did cut out some of the more extraneous parts of this supercut, uh, which, by the way, I found on dossier.today. Um, but you see this man being on both sides, and which very important information here, right? The any First of all, the idea that any vaccine on an emergency use authorization is a great vaccine. You know, I remember uh, my cousin used to ask me, how stupid do you feel? And my response was, how stupid do you want me to feel? That's kind of what I feel like. You're telling me that all that, either you're telling me that all that extra safety testing that is normal for a drug is unnecessary because you just do the rapid stuff for the emergency use authorization and you're fine, or you're just flat out lying. Because if it's emergency use authorization, it hasn't gone through all the testing. Then we find out just how bad even the the main testing is, and um, I, I'm sorry that 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 is stupid. That that's just taking, uh, um, ignoring the the facts, sticking your head in the sand, rejecting your reality, and substituting your own. But this vaunted COVID expert, who first said that um, the vaccines were great, then. They, you know, two shots was enough. Then you needed more. It was long lasting. It wasn't long lasting. And the evidence that even though as a, in the general, or I should say in young adults, 18 years and young, or even children, that the the death rate, the, the, the risk of death from COVID is minuscule. We're going to risk an untested and untried vaccine on them. Which experts are you listening to? Now, during the, uh, granted, when COVID first struck back, you know, when we first heard about it early in 2020, there was a lot of, we don't know. And maybe on the side of caution, you might want to do things a little different, right? Um, Granted, I didn't travel all that much to begin with, but I didn't travel uh, for a couple of weeks. But as soon as we started realizing that, um, no, the data is coming out is not that in my condition, right, as a um, at that time, you know, a middle 50s year old and, and relatively good health and and I was not at serious risk. I realized that something was wrong here. But we, I, how many people I know kept listening to experts 
experts that were giving them information that apparently had no basis in scientific fact, had no basis in reality, but yet how many people still listen to them? How many people made life-altering decisions? I have friends, um, the, 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 they were pregnant, and they literally, they got the jab not because they thought they needed it, but because their doctor was afraid that if they didn't have the jab and there was a problem during delivery, delivery there'd be a delay in being admitted to the hospital. Ladies and gentlemen, that to me is criminal malpractice. You know, to say you are not going to treat somebody because they didn't get an experimental jab, which means you can't legally require them to, for a disease that has a, a extremely low death rate, that was crazy. But we were listening to quote-unquote experts, but we never asked them to prove their work. Go back to high school, right? There wasn't simply enough that you had the right answer. They wanted you, very often they'd be, you'd be asked to prove your work. We never asked them to do that. And because of that, we have had countless people um, with health conditions that at least correlate to the vaccinate, the quote-unquote vaccinations. We have had people that have had businesses lost, uh, educational opportunities lost, lockdowns, shutdowns, all because the quote-unquote experts told us, and we never bothered to realize that an expert opinion is just an opinion. Unless there is proof behind it, it's still just an opinion. Now, I want to leave you with maybe something a little less for the day. So let me take maybe a little less, I don't want to say less serious, but maybe something that will not be so so stressful. So there's a, a, a group of physicians put up a billboard on Interstate 16 uh, outside, I believe it's outside of the town of Macon, Georgia. Uh, the, the group's called the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, and um, well, they're 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 not very happy. See, there's there's a collegiate summer baseball league, and in that team, in the, one of the teams is named the Macon Bacon. I love that name. A because I love bacon. I love the rhyme. It's very catchy. Well, the doctors aren't happy. See, they're asking uh, uh, those who, fans of of the Macon Bacon to keep. Bacon off your plate. Apparently, they sent a letter to the team president, and they blasted the franchise for glorifying some good old-fashioned American bacon. In the letter, we read, uh, Megan Bacon's glorification of bacon, a processed meat that raises the risk of colorectal cancer and other diseases, sends the wrong message to fans. Now, of course, the, uh, the letter came from uh, 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 the program, the education program manager, and Anna Herbie, who has a DHSC, RD, CD, CES as her title. She said, I urge you to update the team's name to Macon Fake and Bacon and promote plant based bacon alternatives. All right, you know what? And my, Anna, mind your own bloody business. First of all, we're adults. You tell us the risks, the rewards. We make up our own mind what we're going to eat. If you think people are eating bacon because they saw a billboard with a team name that said Macon Bacon, I don't understand how you got those degrees. You obviously have been educated into imbecility. 
I haven't heard something so stupid in, 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 in many a year, I have to say. That is utterly ridiculous. But again, she has titles after her name. Should we listen to her? Absolutely not. I hope Macon Bacon refuses to change their name. In fact, actually, no. I want them to change. I would be very happy if they made one change of their name. They should change their name to Macon More Bacon. That's just me. This other one made me laugh. Now, but you're all aware of Bud Light and the, the big controversy with Dylan Mulvaney and how they have taken a pounding. Sales are down. Stock prices are down. They have become uh, uh, the jab of jokes in, in all of this. And um, I first heard this, and then I, I read this, actually written in the Epic Times, and I, I have to just tell you what's going on. So the marketing executive for Bud Light... Or more accurately, for the parent company, Einheiser-Busch InBev, the one that came up with this fiasco that has led to such disastrous sales and, 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 and market capitalization of the company, she won a Creative Marketer of the Year award, despite the fact that she has cost her company $20 billion. That's right, billion with a B. And she got an award for that. Now, listen, I worked in corporate America. I know how a lot of this nonsense, but I have to sit there going, hmm, if I'm looking for a marketing agent, I don't think I'm going to find whoever handed out this Creative Marketer of the Year award. I don't think I'm going to use them because apparently their idea of what makes you a creative marketer doesn't matter whether or not the marketing actually boosts sales or destroys sales. If you can have a marketing campaign that that cost your company $20 billion and get an award for that, maybe I should be questioning the use of different marketing agencies and marketing companies. So what can we learn? What can we figure out, surmise from what we've covered so far today? Well, as I said, expert opinions are merely opinions. Expertise is great. Expertise helps you explain the facts, but we shouldn't replace. There shouldn't be a replacement for facts. We've become obsessed with experts. Now, I use experts all the time. There are things that I am not an expert in, and I reach out to people who are. Whether that be a, a, an attorney for legal issues, whether it be a mechanic for for fixing my car, whether it be a plumber, an electrician, I reach out to the experts all the time. But I ask them to tell me what the what the facts are and then it, it help me understand them so that I can make the decision. I, I do this. You know, I do this a lot. I do this with my, with my doctor. You go to the doctor. They do all the tests. You tell me, well, you, we, you should do this and you should do that and give me the facts and give me the details and the risks. And then I decide what I'm going to do. And by the way, I've had doctors that refuse to listen to what I have to say. When I say I will not take this drug, they keep pushing it. They are not my doctors anymore. Expertise can be a very wonderful and useful thing. It should not be a substitute for finding out for yourself, to finding the proof that what they say is true. Whether that be a doctor, an attorney, a judge, or the person working on your plumbing. Expertise is a wonderful thing. Let's not substitute expertise for reality. Now, if you like what you heard today, 
Hey, maybe you'll join me for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study. And hey, a good rating, a good review, well, that'll also mean people may be more likely to give us a try. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at AmericaOutloud.com. But I'm going to ask you what I ask you every day, and that is to share those links, share the information, share everything you're finding. Too often, we seem to be confined to our own little worlds. We we feel alone and and as if we're the only ones shouting, you know, a, a small voice shouting in the wilderness. You can change that by sharing the information, even if they don't listen. Because by you sharing this knowledge, sharing these con- this content, you help to share the blessings of liberty. Liberty.